And welcome back to the Battery with Blake Kaplan and Patrick Arn. Patsy Ice, how you doing, my man? Another great day in good old Louisville, Kentucky, buddy. How's, how's Vegas treating you? You know, you just got to keep living right out here. I mean, obviously, right now, we got the bad news a few days ago. Our season got canceled. Um, not our conference, but our, our – That's our, your college your college season. Yeah, we, we, we got canceled last week, um, unfortunately. So, we're going to be kind of just grinding out the spring. I'll continue to stay up in the air and the airplanes and everything else. But other than that, man, I mean, now that we got this rolling, um, I feel like we got some, some good shows up ahead. Uh, with who we're going to have on the show. I think it's going to be real fun. I'm looking forward to it. That's, you know what, man? I am too. Uh, you know, you've been one of my best friends. Since, you know, we play baseball together at Chicago State. Uh, I love your family. I, I think your family loves me. Uh, and, you know, dude, I just – I think we should take this time. You know, I just kind of told people how we met. So, I think now we should take this time to, like, give a little background of ourselves. So, why don't you go ahead and start that off, Blake? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I graduated from Sierra Vista in, in 2017, which is a high school out here in Vegas. Um, my junior year, we made a pretty decent run uh, to the state championship. We lost. Um, unfortunately, we lost in the state championship on a walk-off home run. I guess on that note, I kind of want to shout out one kid that I had on that team. Um, rest in peace, Austin, Austin Chong. He was a great buddy of mine. Um, I know his brother's probably listening to the show great great family great kid um so i just wanted to add that in there from there obviously you and i met at chicago state had some interesting stories that i'm sure we'll be we'll, we'll be telling <laughs> in the next uh next few shows um for sure but uh from there obviously now i'm at embry riddle um i i feel like that was a good opportunity for me just strictly because of obviously, I mean, we used to talk about it all the time, how I wanted to fly and, and, and now, now I'm having the opportunity to do that and still play collegiate baseball um, at probably the best aeronautical university in the entire country. Um, but yeah, now I'm just starting the new jer- uh, journey in my life, which is obviously branching out. Now we're, we're starting a podcast um, that I think has, with, with, the, with, with the people that we know, uh, both in the the sport world um, and outside of that, I think I think it's got a, a good potential of what it could be. Yeah, man, I, I I totally agree. I'm not gonna, you know, I I'm glad to be part of this journey with you. Um, just some background about me: uh, I graduated high school in 2016 from Chesterton High School. Uh, we were pretty good at baseball. We won the sectional. We're back-to-back regional runner-ups. Um, went junior college for two years, committed to Chicago State. That's when I met you, your family, everybody. And, uh, you know, it's just been, it's been great since then. Uh, I've had the opportunity to play in some really good collegiate leagues, a uh, couple Northwood League stints. And then, uh, you know, now I'm at Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, they're, it's their first year at the Division One level. So uh, a lot of new stuff going on for them and you know uh they needed a guy to come in and just kind of be a guy for a year and i i i kind of like that opportunity and you know my the other players on the team uh the other catchers they're they're great man i I love them all um i think it's going to be a good year and uh unlike you our season has not been canceled yet um 
we haven't really had major schedule changes or anything. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good season. Uh, definitely a lot more challenges than I think we're used to as college baseball players. Um, but, you know, I'm going to school. I'm in master's, uh, master's program right now. And just kind of grinding out every day, man. It's just been, been kind of been, – it's been good. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, no, that's good, man. I mean, obviously, Bellarmine's getting some good exposure right now with, with the high key games they're playing against teams like Notre Dame and, and Duke in basketball right now. Uh, and hanging tough yeah. for, for most part. Um, they're, they're looking good on the floor. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, now uh, that we've met the both of us, I, I, I kind of want to talk – we're on the call here with, with our producer, Michael Goodberry, out in Buffalo. Mike, say what's up. Hey, what's up? Um, I'm Michael Goodberry. I'm from Buffalo. I will be the producer for you guys. Um, if you guys have, if you guys or anyone else has any questions, I also will be running the social media. Uh, DM uh, um, uh, the battery, and I will get back to you guys as soon as possible. That's great, Mike. Um, and now I'm going to take the yeah, moment. Thanks, Mike. I'm going to take the moment to uh, talk about a guy we've partnered with, uh, Aries Fitco. He's he's part of my he's my roommate um, in Arizona. He runs a clothing brand. Uh, it's it's uh, mostly for for a workout brand. Uh, he's got everything you need: t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, backpacks, everything that you can need. Christmas gift, whatever you may need. Follow him on Instagram: Aries Fitco. R A R E S Fitco. Um, good dude. Um, definitely go check him out. Uh, so let's get it started. Um, we're gonna go into talking about the college football playoff and, and how we feel about those four picks. Oh, baby. And welcome back to The Battery with Blake Kaplan and Patrick Garner. All right, Pat, let's talk about the college football playoff. I know you and I probably have a little bit of a different opinion on this of who really should have been the fourth team and really even who may have should have been the third team. I know Clemson and Alabama, um, obviously pretty solidified, and I don't really – I don't see how you can argue – where those two teams are, you're not going to put a one-loss team in front of Alabama right now. Um, it's just not going to happen. It hasn't happened in the previous years. But let's hear your take on what you thought, how it should have been. Or, well, first let's talk about how it went. Obviously, we got, we got number one Alabama. We got number two Clemson. Number three Ohio State. Number four Notre Dame. Tell me why you think that was wrong, why you think that was right. Give me your best shot. Well, uh, honestly, Blake, I, I, I agree with the Alabama at number one. I mean, they've looked like the best team all, all, all fall slash winter long. I mean, that offense, dude, there's nothing stopping that offense. And they just – I mean, they're going to – the only way to beat Bama is probably for them to forfeit. Uh, I, I would – I honestly think they're going to win everything. Um, Clemson, uh, I think Clemson proved a point that – the Notre Dame, when Notre Dame beat them earlier in the year, was kind of a fluke. Because uh, if you recall in that game, Clemson was missing, you know, Mr. Heisman, Mr. Future NFL, Trevor Lawrence. And then not to mention two or – what was it, two or three guys on defense too. Yeah, so, and, their, and their head guy Skalski was out as well. Exactly. And, you know, Notre Dame still – and the game was at Notre Dame. Notre Dame still had to go into two OTs to beat them. Um, you know, I, and then they when they played in that ACC championship game, uh, Clemson pretty much told everyone like, "Yeah, we just wanted Notre Dame to have a little bit of fun that week." So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally agree. When you, I mean, when you have guys like Mac Jones under center, 
uh, Najee Harris right behind him and, and, and Smith in out wide. I mean, I, I don't see uh, – yeah, Notre Dame's defense is good. They've shown well. Um, obviously didn't show very well in the AC championship game, but, I mean, have held teams to decent uh, totals. I just – I don't – I don't – like you said, unless Alabama's not going to show up to the football game, I, I, I don't see how that's – now, obviously – we have the issue with COVID. Could somebody come down, test positive? Obviously, Saban's had that issue. So Alabama's had that had that issue earlier in the year. Has it affected them? No, not at all. You know, but I mean, even today, college football playoff committee came out and said, if we if we have to push this game back two weeks, we'll push both games back two weeks. We have no problem doing that. Now, I like that they're doing that because that that's not going to take. Trevor Lawrence out of the Clemson Ohio State game, or Justin Fields out of the Ohio State Clemson game. And just and, and turn it into a completely game, a completely different game that it shouldn't be, you know. So I mean that's good. But going back to the Alabama game, I mean Mac Jones, thirty-two touchdowns, four interceptions, thrown for over almost four thousand yards this year. Uh, definitely in the Heisman contention. Our alongside again is 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 receiver Smith, ninety-eight receptions this year, over almost six hundred sixteen hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns. <laughs> I mean you got you got quarterbacks that aren't even throwing for seventeen touchdowns this year. I mean, you got a wide receiver. I, I know, man. It's I, I, you know, I agree with you, both of them. But I've, I've honestly been more impressed with their running back, Najee Harris. No, I, I mean, yeah, you said that in the past. I mean, he had what five or six total touchdowns in the SEC championship game. Yeah, and, and I, I, and I really kept don't that think game. he's even being considered. Right. Yeah. It, I it, mean. Yeah. I. I mean, the, he, he, he's following the recipe that Alabama has been so successful with, with their running backs. I mean, so, you look at Derrick Henry, Alabama back. Right. And I mean, if you, if you watch college, if, especially if you watch Alabama football over the past, I would say what, 10 years since we probably started to like really pay attention to sports. Right. Um, I would say Alabama really, you know, from both Scarborough, Derrick Henry, I mean, they just pump out these running backs who they're going to get six yards of carry. And then, you get a third and two, and that's much more manageable than a third and eight, third and five. So who are you taking? Not based on just this year, okay? Based on – and I know it's going off a little topic, but it, it's good to talk about going into what we are going to talk about. When you look at Travis Etienne, okay, and what he's done at Clemson, very good career. No one's going to take that away from him. This year it's been a little weird. Obviously the fumbles have definitely plagued him a little bit. Um, and the turnovers, which had, had a big one in that Notre Dame game, had a big one in the Notre Dame game that turned into six points that at the end of the game, obviously turned out to be pretty huge, pretty big. Yeah. Right. So right now going into the NFL, are you more of a Najee Harris type of guy where you're kind of, honestly, you look, you're talking about somebody that looks like maybe like the next Dalvin cook or, or are you looking at somebody like Travis Etienne that, has kind of like that Alvin Kamara type to him, um, obviously a little quicker than him, but has that type of, of movement and build um, where he's going to run somebody over, you know? Going to the NFL, who are you taking? you taking Travis Etienne or are you taking Najee Harris? Dude, I, I know you're a Clemson fan, but I'm, I'm taking Najee until, until he proves me wrong. I, I don't see how you in, – in every game they've played, he, he does his job. He holds on to the ball. He catches the ball. Right. He scores. 
For sure. And no, I agree. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not, I am not saying ETN's a bad running back by any means. I think he's, he's obviously one of the top four in the country. Right. But – I, I think you're getting a more con- I think you're getting more consistency out of Najee Harris than you are ETN. No, that's, now in a perfect again, world, that's I want them I, both. Right. <laughs> so I can have them complement one each other. You know. It's gonna take a but little bit. If I had to pick, I would, yeah, it'd be really impressive if a team could pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's 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 get back to our our main topic here and our debate on that third and fourth team. Right, because this is where you and me have a little. Uh, little disagreement, I would say. I would so say. Why, don't, why don't you start us off with the three, three and four seeds? Okay, so like we said, Alabama-Clemson, there's no debate. No one's going to debate that. And if they are, they're, they're wrong. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think Ohio State, for as little – I mean, yes, they won six games. Their two, their two wins against meaningful teams, Indiana and Northwestern, didn't look great by any means. Still won the football game. And, and here, here, here's the way I look at Ohio State, and here's how I make a case for Ohio State. Most likely, obviously, their game against Michigan got canceled. They were going to beat Michigan, right? No, they weren't yeah. going to lose to Michigan. Yeah. They got their game canceled against Illinois, no doubt. I, I, I just – I don't see – Ohio State wouldn't have lost a game going out to the rest of their season. They would have went undefeated. Ohio State would have been in if they were undefeated, right? So here's my thing. For what they've shown, they, they won the games they played. They're undefeated. They should be in. Now, Notre Dame. After what Notre Dame showed against Clemson, didn't look like they belonged on the same field. The defense got stu- stood up the whole game. Ian Book, for the most part of the game, looked lost. I, I don't understand how you punish a one-loss SEC team, and over a that 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 came. Uh, yes, they they lost by four touchdowns to, to Alabama. I understand that. Comes back the rest of the season, beats Florida. Obviously, the Florida loss to LSU doesn't look good for Texas A&M, and not being able to play in the SEC championship doesn't look good for Texas A&M. But how do you punish a one-loss SEC team that wins their season out? over a team that literally just got smoked by a team that is going to play Ohio State on, on New Year's Day. It's probably going to beat Ohio State pretty good. And probably beat Ohio I, State pretty good. See, that's where, like, that's where you and me, like, agree to disagree. Um, me, personally, I don't believe that Ohio State should be in the playoffs. Um, now, with that being said, I will say I do think Texas A&M deserves to be in the playoffs um, because, like you said, their one their one loss was to Alabama, and if you're basing if you're basing them not making the playoffs off of their loss to Alabama, well, then you gotta you gotta look at it. It was early in the season. There was a lot of I would say a lot of teams were still getting acclimated to what was what the season was gonna be. Um. Yeah, they lost by four touchdowns. But then, then Texas A&M beats Florida. And then Florida comes back and loses to LSU, who shouldn't even be in the SEC this year. And uh, my, my three and four, my three would have been Texas A&M, and I believe my four would have been Notre Dame. And I so, say so that with, because – With 
take 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 this, okay? Obviously, Florida played Alabama pretty much to the wire. Yeah, it looked a little bit better at the end with the late score there, but pretty much competed All with right. Alabama the whole way. Okay, take this. If LSU, or excuse me, if Florida were to beat LSU in in that upset, okay, are you ranking Florida higher than Texas A and M? Even though uh, I am not. A&M has beaten Florida. I am not. I, I, I think Texas A&M is a better football team than Florida this year. I'd agree. I, think, I, 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 think, I really believe that. Yeah, I, that, that offense, Jimbo Fisher's finally got that kind of figured out. Um, I think he's finally been able to get some of his recruiting classes in there. Um, right. And, and they've, they've definitely kind of figured that out. So, so what, I, you're, what you're I saying pretty much agree. is if you would have Alabama at one, Clemson at two. Who would you have at three? A&M at three. A&M at three. A&M. And who you got at four? And then let Notre Dame get stomped at four. Because the way I look at it, whoever you put in at the number four spot, even if this is the year you want to let it like a Cincinnati in. They're going to lose. No four seed is going to – I honestly don't believe any four seed will be within two touchdowns of Alabama. No, and that, I, that's me being yeah. generous. That's uh, being generous. I 100% agree. That, that, so, that's me hoping that the, one of the four seed teams can make one defensive stop. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I, I don't either. I think Alabama's going to score at will. And, and, and I, I, think, I think Ian Books can have a very hard time working their way down the field. I, I, see, I don't, that's, that's the part I don't agree with. I, I don't – I think they're going to – I think they'll move the ball decently, but I think their drives are going to stall out a lot because Alabama's defense isn't as good as it's traditionally been. I mean, right. you're talking about a team that gave up, what, almost 50 points to Florida the other day. Yeah. And then, you know, against Ole Miss, they gave up 50, 60. So, I mean, you, you – I'm not saying, like, it's impossible, but for Notre Dame to have any, like, success or to be in this game – they got to hope that Alabama's defense is like, okay, yeah, we're just going to let our offense beat you today. So I guess that, I I guess that brings that, up the debate. Do you feel like where we're at as at a college football playoff, it kind of, it's, and, and this is coming from a Clemson fan. Every year we're seeing Alabama Clemson, right? Every year we're, and then those three, right. four teams are either Oklahoma, Notre Dame, one of those teams, right? Do you feel, where we're at right now, do you feel like there needs to be an expansion with the playoff? Do you think four teams is enough? Seeing the same four teams over and over and over again? I mean, I, I, obviously Alabama's made, made it every single year um, outside, outside of the one year that they just absolutely blew up at the end of the year. But do you, do you think where we're at right now, do you think we have the four right teams? And obviously that one year with LSU, I mean – Nobody was going to beat LSU. LSU's with Joe Burrow and everybody right. had that year. It's it's literally the same thing Alabama has this year, right? Um, so no no down to them. But do you think that there needs to be six teams? Do you, there's, does there need to be eight teams? Do we need to see a Sweet Sixteen? What do what do we need to see to change this thing up a little bit? Well, but see that that's that's a tough question just because it. You're going to have your two teams. You're going to have the Clemson. You're going to have your Alabama every year. They're going to be there. 
no matter no matter what happens they're going to be there and then you know i you you have the year this year where ohio state goes 6 and 0 but they they didn't look good they're a 6 and 0 ohio state team that honestly played six games and against northwestern it looks like they never played football before for three quarters and against iu i i think iu should have won that game and you take away some penalties and some other things that happened in that game. I mean, field threw three interceptions. I mean, he, you're not going to get that same consistency, consistency in an Ohio State, Notre Dame that you're going to get in Alabama and Clemson. For sure. Which brings me back to the point, which I, you know, when they, when, before they made the college football playoff, it was one seed versus two seed. Pretty much whoever was undefeated at the end of the year, they would play each other for a national championship. I mean, I, mean, I just I feel bad. For, I feel bad for the teams. Like you look at Cincinnati, that goes nine and zero. Obviously, they struggled in their conference championship game a little bit, but still figured out a game to win. You know, figured out a way to win. I feel bad for a team like Coastal Carolina that goes eleven and zero and beats a BYU team that looked really good the other night um, against yeah. UCF and doesn't even doesn't even get to play play in a New York Six Bowl and, and challenge themselves against a Power Five. You know. I feel I, I, not the way I like the way that I like, like the way they went about it, but UCF for the, for the few years that they called themselves national champions, didn't even get the chance to play for a national championship. You know, right, right. I, I think, I think this, the college football playoff committee needs to find a way to at least get the best non power five team in the playoff every year. And, and I'm, I'm not going to be one to say, Hey, we need eight teams. You know, because if I, if I mean, if I look at, I mean, if we, we say we were to put Iowa State in the playoff this year, right? And it, you, you, you expanded it all the way down. You're going to put Iowa State against Alabama and you're going to see a team win by many, many touchdowns. Yeah. Right? So I, I, I don't, I don't need to see that. I, I, I think, I think the best thing for, for the college football committee to do is figure out a way to one either get these non power five teams to play teams like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Notre Dame early in the year, not so much, not, not in the playoff early in the year and let them prove themselves. Right now, obviously the committee, like give them a non-conference weekend. Exactly. Now the committee can't okay. control that. Obviously these, these are between the teams. These teams need to go out and they need to challenge themselves. Obviously, if Coastal Carolina goes out and plays Clemson, obviously both teams are in South Carolina. I'm sure they would play each other, right? Coastal right. Carolina goes out and plays Clemson, loses by a touchdown. That looks really That's good. A for, great showing for Coastal. That looks great for Coastal Carolina, you know? Now, every now and then, say you got UCF on a good year, right? And they go out and they play Florida, right? And they beat Florida and they go undefeated. They beat it. They beat a high-end SEC team, and you keep them out. I mean, no, not, I don't. I don't agree with that. I, I think the college football playoffs' worst nightmare, and you can see it. You can see it the whole year the way they they rank the teams. I mean, they they bullied Cincinnati the whole year the way they ranked them. Yeah. I, I I think this the college football playoff committee's worst nightmare is to let a non-power five team in the four-team playoff. Worst nightmare. Which I, I, I agree because the, uh, the way I see it is I think the committee looks at, okay, if we put a Cincinnati in that four seed, 
they're just going to get beat very badly by Alabama. And, yes, that, that's more than likely very true. And that's exactly but what's going to happen to Notre Dame. It, it, I, was, I was just about to say, man, like, if you look not only just this matchup, Alabama and Notre Dame, where hopefully everybody has real girlfriends this time, <laughs> but, you know, you look at Shout this Shout out matchup, and you're like, yeah, woo! Um, you know, you look at this matchup, and you're like, there's no way Notre Dame's going to be in this game. But then you go back to the previous college football playoffs, none of the semifinal games have been even close. Yeah. I mean, you had the one game between, what was it, Clemson and Ohio State? It was, that was better than the national championship game. Right. No, you yeah, know, like, I agree. It, you know, the, the, one, the one year that Clemson played Ohio State, what, last year was it? And, you know, it, it was like, it was like, wow, that's the first semi-competitive semifinal game that we've seen since this playoff started. I mean, it's so unpredictable, though. I mean, because, I mean, you had the year before that, Clemson played Ohio State in the semifinal, too, and beat them 31 to nothing. You know, right. and, and, and they put up a goose egg on them, and that was obviously Deshaun Watson's swan song. Um, but And how often do you think Ohio State did, like, ever scored zero points? Exactly. The, the, playoff, the playoff has been a really interesting thing. I mean, I – and, the and playoff is stacked against non-Power 5 teams. 100%. 100%. It doesn't matter what I, – I truthfully still until they make a change, either six teams or they say, you know what, we're going to have the first three seats will be the Big Ten champion as long as they're not like five and five, your ACC champion and your SEC champion. Totally and good. then that fourth seed, I said, I, I, you know what, honestly, I say we start the college football playoff a week or two later and have a play-in. You know, if you've got four power – now, this would also depend on how the other – let's say let's say you have four non-power five teams undefeated. You can play two semifinal, two semifinal play-in games on a Saturday, play it next Saturday, and that gives the one, two, and three seeds, you know, two weeks off, which is essentially what they're getting for the college football playoff. And you can put those power five, those non-power five teams, have them play each other in semifinal play-in, and then the winner gets the four seed. Right. All right, well, when we come back, uh, we're going to discuss the meltdown that was Monday Night Football um, and kind of preview the early top two games of bowl play uh, that Pat and I really like. Um, we'll be right back. Hey, Battery fans, Blake here. I want you to check out Dialed In Podcast. Uh, one of my teammates down at Embry-Riddle, um, he does a very good podcast. He's been running it for qu- quite a while now. Uh, ran by Alec Agopian. Uh, make sure you go and follow him on, on Instagram. Uh, Dialed In Podcast. Go check him out. And welcome back to The Battery with Blake Kaplan and Patrick Arn. All right, Pat, let's talk about the meltdown that was Monday Night Football. You got Juju Smith-Schuster making TikToks on the Bengals logo. And about an hour later, you got Juju Smith-Schuster fumbling the ball on the Bengals logo. What's your take? (laughs) Uh, You know, I was actually listening to a sports radio talk show down here in Louisville, and they said, you know, Juju was was, uh, tackled about – what, a couple feet away from the middle, like where he danced before the game. Yep. Um, 
and I, I totally agree with him when he said this. He said if he would have been tackled and fumbled, he got obliterated. Let's just be honest. Yeah. He got drilled. And if he would have been drilled right where he played, like right where he did his TikTok, it would have been poetic justice. Oh, 100%. It, it I totally agree. Been, it would have been the best thing that I think anybody has seen in 2020. Um, and now with that being said, you know, Steelers are in trouble, man. You're, you're talking about a Browns team coming up behind them now, has a chance to win the division. Because Pittsburgh doesn't – I mean, if Pittsburgh loses to Indy this weekend, dude, and, 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 you know, God forbid if the Browns beat the Jets this weekend. Huh. Um, yeah. Um, you know, if the Browns beat the Jets and the Steelers lose to the Colts, it's going to be set up for the freaking Browns to take the division, man. And there's also a case where the Browns can win 11 games and not even make the playoffs. Yeah. And, and then, I think, then you got I think that's the, the biggest NFC slap East. in the face for a Browns face. Yeah. And then you and got then somebody you got the, in the NFC East you know, that's going to win seven games and, and, and host the playoff game, you know. Obviously, I mean, you look at James Conner, who was out Monday night. Do I think that's an excuse for Pittsburgh? No, not at all. I, I think they should have beaten Cincinnati and, and beaten, beaten them pretty handily I mean this was this was a this was a bounce back game for Ben Roethlisberger this was a bounce back game uh for the Steelers and all and again they sputtered you know I mean they're coming off they're, they're on a three-game losing streak um obviously they've only gotten one of those games at home I understand the Bills lost the Bills look really good I think they're they're going to be a team that has a chance to win the AFC and maybe even win the Super Bowl you know, I, I, I think, I mean, yes, Washington has played better as of late. Do I think they should have beaten the Steelers on the road? Absolutely not. You know, um, again, I understand the Bills loss. If you, it, it, on a primetime game, okay, you go to Cincinnati, here's your game. Okay, we, we're going to win this game. We're going to get back on pace. So what? We lost two in a row. Here's our game. Couldn't get it done, you know. And I, I'm sorry, but but the history that you've seen in, in that in that Steelers Cincinnati game. I mean, you've seen some dirty hits. You've seen major upsets. You, you, I mean, you've seen it all in that series, right? Yeah, but yeah. nothing like you saw Monday night. Exactly. And, and I know. And I know Juju Smith has has been has been all over TikTok, and he's been he's been doing all that stuff, especially with Claypool as well. But at some point, you got you got to take it to a point where you don't dance you don't dance on the opposing team's logo. I mean, do it in the end zone, <laughs> you know. Do it on the twenty yard line. Do it with opposing cheerleader, you know. It's 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 not it's not, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's not where. In the 50-yard line on their logo, it's not the place to do it. Absolutely not. You know? I, no. Look, Especially look, when you're losing. Exactly. Looking forward, <laughs> they got the Colts this weekend. Luckily, they're playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, good luck. And then after that, you're, you're playing the Browns, which, which could be for, for the division title. On the road. Right. You know? Go Browns. You know, I'm I'm not rooting yeah, for the Steelers right now. I'm rooting for the Browns. I want to see I want to the no. AFC the AFC playoffs are going to be amazing. I, oh yeah, and then you got the NFC who's just like the ugly stepsister. Exactly. I I mean I don't I mean maybe this maybe the Saints 
are probably the best contender when it comes to the Super Bowl um, out of the NFC. Maybe. I, 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 maybe. I, I mean, you get, you're looking at Seattle with 10 wins right now. Uh, I mean, you're looking at Green Bay with 11. I thought the Rams were good, and then they said, hey, what's up, Jets? Um, but, yeah, the AFC is, is I, I definitely going to produce the Super Bowl champion. I mean, I mean you, got, you got teams with 10 wins right now that are sweating to make it in, you know. Well, you know, I, 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 I agree with you, man. How, how fitting would it be for a Browns fan or the Browns organization to go 11-5 and five and not make the playoffs? Oh man, that that fan base, that fan they might have to relocate if that happens. That that fan base you know, will, you, I mean, will crawl in a hole. It do that they'll shut down because if you I mean if you look at it, you know you got Tennessee at ten and four, you got Indy at ten and four, and then you got Miami and Baltimore at nine and five. Yeah, and then you got Cleveland at ten and four. Now Cleveland, I will say, they beat both Tennessee and Indy. Right. But Baltimore holds a tiebreaker over. You know they hold them. They hold it over Cleveland. I I believe they beat them twice this year. Right. Um. And then yeah, I if Miami wins, Miami owns the tiebreaker over Baltimore. So there's a weird scenario where the Browns can the Browns can go one and one in the last two games and not make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's awful. And I think that's another thing. Like obviously that's a conversation for another day. But I mean. No, can you go to a ranking system in the NFL? Absolutely not. Uh, you have divisions for a reason. I mean, unless you're going to realign the divisions to where it's a whole NFC and it's an all AFC and you got the, the most wins. Right. Me. I mean, yes, the NFL expanded the, the playoff to one more team this year. Um, but if that's going to produce a, a losing record into the playoffs – on one side and a team that has 10 wins on the other side or 11 wins on the other side and doesn't make it, it like, what are we doing? You know? Um, right. I mean, th- then you, then you go back to the whole college football playoffs. Like we're putting yeah. teams in just for fun. Exactly. Exactly. So let, let's look at, we'll, we'll move on from the national football league and we'll go into some college football. Um, we got a really good bowl matchup uh, between Marshall and Buffalo. Um, I think it's I think it's got a chance to produce a really good outcome, um, really good game all the way around. Um, playing eleven thirty uh, today. Um, the offenses, I mean, you got the you got the kid from Buffalo that's run for a million touchdowns in one game. Um, <laughs> I, it's gonna be a good game. You look at Marshall, you know, I mean, they looked they looked like they could be the team that was going to be the undefeated kind of Cincinnati type of team, you know, coming out of the non-power five. Um, and then loses to Rice by 20. <laughs> and then loses the – No, didn't just lose by 20. Didn't even put up a point. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't even put up a point at home against a team that they should have <laughs> taken to the shed, you know. Um, and then bounce back against a team against UAB, which I feel really bad for. UAB, they're supposed to play in a bowl game in a few days, and South Carolina said, "Yeah, we're just going to stay at home." You know uh, that. No, the, I I hope they put Army in there. You know they they've talked about that they're going to try to get a new matchup for them, but I don't know. I, right now it's canceled. So, but but yeah, UAB goes on the road against Marshall. Um, 
and beats them. And, I mean, Marshall loses back-to-back home games, and now they're not even ranked anymore. Um, but here comes Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's had, right. had, had a really good season. Uh, they're, they're playing in Montgomery, um, so it's really not an advantage geographically for either team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what do you think, Pat? I, I, th- I think it's going to be a very good game. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a good game. I think you're going to see both teams kind of come out uh, a little bit angry because, uh, you know, Marshall, their last two games, they have not looked good. You know, I remember watching a little bit of that Rice game because it was just on TV and dude, they could not do anything. It, it looked like yeah. the Marshall quarterback was playing for Rice. Right. Um, and then, you know, the UAB game, I, I figured that that would have been a good game, but I was not expecting UAB to come in and win. Right. No. I um, so with that being said, then you go look at Buffalo, and I think in a lot of people's minds, Buffalo got upset last week against Ball State. Right. Um, I I I I firmly believe that Ball State just came out and said, you know what, we're gonna punch you in the mouth and see how you respond, and yeah. uh, Buffalo never responded. You know, so I, I, I think, think if Buffalo think gets a has, lead, if Buffalo gets a lead, they're just gonna they're gonna they're gonna put the ball on the ground with Patterson and. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to be a game, you know? I mean – I, I agree. I, I really do. Th- th- I, he's good, man. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, obviously. I mean, he's making – I mean, <laughs> outside, of the, outside of the Bills, how often are you hearing the Buffalo football, you know? I mean, obviously, right. their, their basketball team's got a little different story that every now and then they produce a pretty decent season, but uh, they're, ha- they're having a really good year. Um, a chance to end the year with one loss, obviously, that's only with six wins, but – you take a six and one Buffalo team, you're going to turn the program around real quick. So let's, let's, let's go, let's go down to our second game of the, of, uh, that we want to feature, uh, before our next show on Monday, um, or Tuesday, excuse me. Let's talk about the game that was supposed to be a game, uh, earlier in the year. And now they've just turned it into a, a bowl matchup, uh, Liberty and Coastal Carolina. Uh, Oh baby. You got a team in Coastal that I didn't think was going to sit on the field with BYU, and they made BYU look like their little brother, you know. Yeah. Up until, well, up at, really up until the last part of the game. I mean, BYU obviously had a chance to win the game there, and then Friday night lights happened, and they missed by a, half a yard, you know. Uh, but really, the whole, <laughs> the whole game, Coastal Carolina pretty much controlled it, you know. Did they, they, they kind of fell apart late held on late but it's electric down in Myrtle Beach right now you know and obviously you have that new coach um if, uh, I think it's gonna be a really good game I dude I am right behind you I'm, I'm actually looking forward to sitting down and hopefully watching that game because I I think that has potential to be one of the top bowl games of this year yeah I, I mean, um, you know, just, just going into it. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, both sides of the football uh, for both teams are, are pretty electric. You got good offenses on both sides. Uh, defenses. It, it, it's it's going to be a game, I think, who has the ball last. It's going to be one of those deals. I think it's going to look a lot like the BYU game because um, I think Liberty and BYU are probably – kind of comparable i mean you, you look, look at the beginning of the year for liberty you know i mean again they looked like they were going to be the team early in the year with i mean 
obviously they started off 4-0, got a little bit of recognition. People thought they were going to get ranked right away. They didn't. Then they come out in week five. They take down Syracuse, still not ranked. Come out in week six, beat Southern Mist, still, still not ranked. And then here comes Virginia Tech, which early in the year, everybody was crazy about Virginia Tech. Oh, they're the most – they have the highest scoring offense in the entire country. Uh, they're going to be the team that's maybe going to beat Clemson this year. And Virginia Tech just fell off the mountain at, at the end of the year. Um, they finally get ranked. They obviously had that, that thriller against Virginia Tech, win by three points um, at the end of the game there. Uh, come back, played a really good game against NC State. Uh, obviously fell, fell a little short. NC State was a really weird team this year. Uh, obviously kept the game close against Miami. Um, at home where there was like a million points in that game. Um, Miami obviously showed their true colors against North Carolina. Um, but yeah, I, I think these two teams are very evenly matched. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a very good game on the 26th. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right behind you there. I think I like, uh, I like Coastal's offense a lot more, I would say than Liberty's. Um, I just think he's I, – I think Coastal's offense is more consistent. Um, but with that being said, I think – I don't think either of them want to get into a shootout. Right. Because then, like you said, it comes down to the, who, who's got the ball last. For sure. And I guess in any sport, you, you don't want to be the team playing defense. You want to be the team on the attack. For sure. So, I don't know. It, should, it definitely should be one of the best – I think it should be one of the better bowl games of this year. 100% agree. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NHL um, and preview our next show. Um, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, Blake here again. If you haven't followed us on Instagram yet, we're at the battery underscore podcast. We'll be posting our shows, our links, uh, and future guest appearances. So be sure to check that out. It'd be greatly appreciated if you would give us a follow. Welcome back to the Battery with Blake Kaplan and Patrick Arndt. All right, Patty, let's talk a little NHL. Obviously, NHL is going to look a little different this year. We got four new realignment divisions. We have the Northwest, Central, and East. Um, teams have been placed all over the place. Playoffs are going to look a little different um, kind of all the way around. Obviously, the NHL has already came out and said that four teams from each division is going to make it. And so – the West is going to play the North in, in the conference finals, if you want to call it that. And the Central is going to play the East in the conference final. And we're going to produce two teams that aren't in the same division in the final. So let's, let's, let's look over. So obviously in the North, you got Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Um, I think right out of the, the gate right there, I think a team like Ottawa um, – who looked like they were going to be a little bit better of a team this year is kind of going to get in the bottom of the shoe on this one. Um, I think a team that with a new goaltender might actually kind of benefit uh, from a league that's going to have high powered offense. Obviously you got Johnny hockey in Calgary. You got the two headed monster in Edmonton outside of that. Okay. You got Matthews in Toronto I think Vancouver is going to be a team, especially after the way Demko played in the end of the playoffs there against Vegas. 
Obviously, that game could have went a completely different way. They were up 3-1. Uh, I think Vancouver's going to be a dangerous team in that division. Um, I, I, I totally agree. Going on from there, uh, we're looking at the West. Uh, we got Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Kings, Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. That right there, maybe outside of of the East, I think is is kind of like the death division. I mean, you, you got teams. I, I mean, I, I would assume at least one of the California teams are, are going to bounce back out of there. Um, whether that's the Sharks, you got that. You got that little team from Vegas too. That's right. That's right. Whether that's whether that's the Sharks, whether that's the Kings or Ducks, I think the Sharks probably. Maybe the Kings have the best chance of bouncing back. I don't see Anaheim doing much this year. Um, I think in there when you when you have when you have Colorado who just came off kind of not such a great playoff run. Obviously, they thought they were at least going to make the the Western Conference final. Um, you got Minnesota that kind of bounced their way into the playoffs because of the realignment uh, and how the way they got in. I thought was interesting uh you got st louis again <laughs> was another team that probably didn't reach their expectations especially the way they played during the regular season come back get in the bubble really doesn't show much and then you got vegas that looked like they were ready to win a stanley cup championship last year and pretty much run into a brick wall you know uh a lot of that had to do with with the goaltending on Dallas's part, um, I don't think – I mean, every game they played was like 2-1. Every game was a one-goal game, you know. Um, so, looking at that, I think the teams that kind of got shafted in a way is probably Vegas and St. Louis, um, maybe Colorado, because, I mean, those bottom teams – now, do I think it's going to affect them? No, not really, because, I mean, at the end of the day, I still see really probably Vegas, St. Louis – Colorado, and if I had to pick a fourth, maybe Arizona coming out of that uh, that West Division. Uh, I don't. I, again, I don't see those other teams doing much. But let's talk about your team now, Pat. Let's talk about your Hawks. Go Blackhawks. Go Blackhawks. Central, you got Carolina, which I thought that was interesting, um, especially with Tampa in there as well. I thought they were going to kind of keep try to uh, like. For example, I, I I think putting St. Louis in that division probably would have made more sense than having Tampa, you know, but so now you got, yeah. you got a little different way with the central, you got Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, which is going to have fans. So Dallas is going to have a big advantage in, in that, in that aspect. Uh, so Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Tampa, uh, right off the bat. I mean, Tampa's the, 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 the shining armor um, in that, yeah. in that, division i feel like tampa got rewarded yeah no no for sure and i, I, I feel like they're in the weaker weakest weaker division no yeah I, I mean honestly outside maybe the north which i still again don't get me wrong i think the north is a good division do i think it's the best no i think that the central is probably outside of now you, you got the two teams that made the stanley cup final right you got you got dallas you got tampa bay but outside of that, you got Carolina, which is just one of those teams that looks really good on paper, you know, gets to the playoffs, doesn't do much, you know. You got Chicago, 
got some really good young talent in there. Obviously, you got John, you got Taves, and you got uh, Kane. Do I think they make a run in that division? They could just because of the talent they have. They got to find a way to win the game at home. You know, yeah. They 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 can't keep losing games strictly because they don't have a back end. Now, obviously, with 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 Crawford out of there, I think that could help a little bit. But they also traded Leonard at the end of last year to Vegas. You know, um, we'll see how they do. It should be interesting. Columbus, I think, has a chance to make a little spark in that division. They they looked good uh, going to the playoffs a little bit. Had that five overtime game against Tampa in, in the in the playoffs, which was astounding to Crazy. watch. Dallas looked really good in the playoffs, kind of figured out a lot of things. Uh, free agency was pretty good for them. Detroit still going to be bottom of the barrel, obviously. Uh, they yeah. got Detroit. I feel so bad for Detroit, the way, the way that the draft lottery went for them and, and how the Rangers got their number one guy over them. I just, I didn't like that. Uh, then you, then you're working down to Florida, your second favorite team. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> go Panthers. Am I right? Uh, working up, working up. You got you got Quinville down there. I, I know, I know you're a big fan of him. Um, I love me some Joel Quinville. Biggest mistake <laughs> Chicago ever made. And then you're and then you're rounding out Nashville and Tampa Bay. Not the obviously not the best division. I would have loved to see Vegas in there. Obviously, they're not going to put them in there with as close as they are to the California teams. Um, I, right off the bat, I'm looking at probably Carolina, Tampa. Nashville and probably Dallas. And if I weren't to go Nashville, I probably would go. Uh, I don't know. Prob- maybe uh, either Chicago or Columbus, probably whoever wins their series throughout the year is probably going to get in there. Um, but again, I mean, your bottom feeders most likely, in my opinion, are probably going to be Detroit, Florida. Um, I, I, I have a weird feeling Carolina's just not going to have a good year. Um, so and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend to know as much about hockey as you do, but <laughs> I will say it it for the Blackhawks to be successful, they need to win the as you you hear this everywhere. They need to win the games that they should win. Exactly. Um, yeah, sure. They need to beat the freaking Red Wings. <laughs> you know, they need to beat the Blues. They need to beat the Wild. And like they had opportunities last year before everything got cut down to to beat them, and they just they would either get out early and then give it up late or they would go down too much early and couldn't come back. Right. So, I mean, it's going to come down to them. I guess, I, I think, I think that first round exit, I think that first round upset over Edmonton will maybe hopefully woke up a lot of like their veterans, like your Kaner, your Taves, and then, you know, showed the younger guys like, Hey, like we have a decent team. No, for sure. They have, like, they have a really good team. I mean, look, you, you, we you, can make a run. Yeah, no, for sure. But their offense has the chance to be one of the best offenses in the league. It just depends if they can put it all together. You know, uh, right. obviously, their defense on a consistent basis. Right. And their defenseman with Keith, I mean, he's getting old. Obviously, most of their defensemen are getting old. Um, hopefully, they can t- figure it out on the defensive end and, and, and in goal. Um, I think they made a little bit of a shotgun decision with, with Leonard. I don't think they should have given him up to Vegas. I, I obviously you got Subban now back in that net. I wouldn't be shocked, and as crazy as it sounds, I wouldn't be shocked to see 
a relationship rebuilt between Malcolm Subban and Mark Andre Fleury. It would not shock really? me at I, yeah, it would not because right now you're, you're look you're looking at you're looking at Vegas, a team that has bad cap issues right now, right? They're a team that wants to win now. Bill Foley wants to win now. You know, he doesn't want to win five years from now. He doesn't want to win next year. He wants to win this year. You know, that's why he's pushing as hard as he, as hard as he is to get fans in the arena. That's why he's pushing as hard as he is to just get the guys on the ice, you know. And hopefully, obviously, they've said we've gotten that January 13th start date. Hopefully, that actually happens. But the Knights want to win, and they want to win now. And I think you, you, look at, you look at the way they've been bounced in the playoffs in the recent years. Obviously, the first year they have a miracle run where nobody thinks they're going to be a good team. Bottom of the barrel, bottom of the NHL, um, worst team in the NHL. What do they do? They lose in the Stanley Cup final, right? They run into the buzzsaw, which was the Capitals. Um, they run into Braden Holtby, which I still think changed that series on Alex Tuck's save um, coming out of nowhere. Uh, if the Golden Knights don't win a cup in the next two to three years from today, I think it's going to, I honestly, outside of that, you got, you're, you're, you're paying guys like Patch Reddy. That's going to be at the end of his career. You're paying guys like Mark Stone. That's getting closer to the end of his career. You got Petrangelo probably for the rest of his life. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing they got going on in Vegas. Um, Do obviously do they have the best team in the NHL? I think it competes with somebody like Tampa. Um, I think it competes with, with high-end talent like Pittsburgh or Washington or, or the Flyers or somebody like that. I think with the cap issue, it wouldn't shock me to see Marc-Andre Fleury end up in Chicago. I mean, they're looking for a goaltender. You're not, you're not going to ride Malcolm Subban the whole year. You know, All respect to Malcolm Subban, I think he's a really good goaltender. I don't think he's the number one in the NHL. Not at all. So from there, let's look. Well, I guess it's better for Fleury to go to the Blackhawks than the Devils. There you go. Mike would not want to see Mark andre Fleury <laughs> go to the Devils. I don't think he's got to worry about that, though. All right, let's talk about the East. Tough, tough com- or division here. Um, you've got Buffalo. Uh, so there you go. Shout out Michael Goodberry. Uh, so Sabres, Boston, New Jersey the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Right off the bat, wow, right? You're looking at, you're looking at two – you're looking at uh, two teams right off the bat. You're looking at Boston. You're looking at Washington. I'll even – I mean, again, I'll even throw Philadelphia and Pittsburgh in there, uh, four teams that are going to contend for a Stanley Cup year in and year out, you know. Um, then you throw in the Islanders that made it a magical run there where I thought they were going to get bounced in the first round against the, the Panthers. Obviously, it, I look stupid even saying that now. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's a very dangerous – and somebody a, a very good team is not going to make the playoffs out of that division. You know, right off the bat, I think a team like the Islanders might get snubbed Buffalo is always one of those teams that comes out, looks like gangbusters in the first 10 games, then dies off. Um, I, I, I think if I had a look at it, I, th- I think who it benefits, or not so much who it benefits, but who's probably got 
maybe even the best chance. I mean, you look at Boston, they'll probably be in. You look at Philadelphia, they've had a really good year. Boston, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington are probably where I'm looking. Um, outside of that, I think it's going to be really tough for the Rangers. I think the Devils are just going to sit there and, and, and look pretty. Um, and the Islanders are probably going to be the last team to bounce. Um, but all around, I, 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 think it's a, I think it's a really interesting deal that the NHL is doing. Do I like it, how they're doing the, 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 the series kind of like baseball style? I want to say yes. I want to say no. I want to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, and I know obviously Pat, like you said, the NHL is not your, your number one thing, but you have anything to add on to that? <laughs> no, man. I, I, you know, being just, I would call myself a basic fan of the yeah. NHL. Right. Uh, you know, I think your, your teams like Boston, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, you know, they're consistently good. So right. you can count on them every year to, you know, be competing for a playoff spot or just be being competitive. Right. Uh, they're not like a Detroit where you're just going to walk in and you should win. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, man. For sure. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our inaugural episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, mm-hmm. check out our, our, our two, those two ones we talked about, Aries Fit Co. and Dialed In Podcast. Make sure you follow them, uh, follow them on Instagram. Um, they're supporting us as well, so that would be appreciated if you would do that. If you haven't followed us yet, again, our – Instagram is at the battery underscore podcast. Um, Mike's taking good control of that. Um, you'll see some good content on there. Make sure you see um, that. If you have any questions, make sure you comment on our post. We'll answer them um, and we'll see you Monday.